No. Just, no, just each so channel's as, white Yeah, knobs. as long as the mix yeah. is dry, you're good. say FX. The white knobs, right? <laughs> the ones that were all turned down when we got here. They were not turned <laughs> yeah, down. Yeah, they were. <laughs> they were not turned down. Oh, that's much better. Yeah, so now we're... <sighs> okay. Woo. And I didn't hook up guitar shit like this. Don't <clears throat> don't give me that, Shane. <laughs> don't don't reset it. Just just go with hey. this. Yeah. Oh yeah. Don't, don't, don't reset it. Go with just that. Roll yeah. With awesome. That. Awesome. What is it? What do we say in the sweatshop? Okay, welcome everybody to the <laughs> <laughs> welcome everybody to the Junction City podcast. I'm your host Dan Martinez. Uh, here in the sweatshop with uh, to my left Shane Forster. Oh, and special guest John Silito, Colby Peterson, and John Miles. Just to clarify. Colby Peterson and John Miles are not special guests. It's just also, them. it's not the sweat shop. It's well, the sweat box. Sweat box. While ah, not guests, sweat. we are special. Yeah. Uh, yeah. On today's those, show. Get those kids to work. <laughs> Governor Bishop? Question mark? Uh, ah, didn't uh, we get enough of this guy already? Uh, so. Say it ain't so. Uh, and the five W's and one H of socialism in Weber County with Dr. John... Silito. Silito. Oh, you should have let him do it, John. Let's watch him 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 hang. (laughs) But first, uh, what's been going on? Kobe, I saw you pull up in a new BMW, a new Beamer. It ain't new, but yeah, I bought a new car. Well, (laughs) it's new to you. It is new to me. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. uh, So, like I talked about in the last episode, uh, a head gasket went out in my last car. I was like, oh, man. So I was like, I gotta get out there and buy a new car. I was like, well, if I'm gonna spend a little bit of money, you know, I was in like the two thousand, three thousand dollar range. Like, I'll see if I can find something real good, you know. I found this BMW in South Ogden. And I was like, yeah, I think I'll take go take a look. Drove it around, really nice. Guy was really cool. I was like, I'm gonna buy this car. And I got home and my wife was super pissed. She's like, you bought a BMW? <laughs> Why did you do that? It's gonna be really expensive to fix. I was like, I know, but I can I could fix it. Don't worry. Ooh. I will I will do this. Yeah, that was the wrong move. Uh so yeah, I bought it. And and there was a bonus. I was pulling the gear out of the trunk. It smells like reefer. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> not not from me, of course. Mm-hmm. Of course. No. Yeah, no. But sure. uh but yeah, it's been a nice car so far. <laughs> I you might want to check that spare tire compartment. There <laughs> I might better. be. I better. <laughs> Cops like, pull over, like, let me get my dog. Like, how about not? Like, cut the tire open when you get home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of new cars, I didn't get a new car, but, but so. Tesla was is out of the shop. Nice. And, yep. Yep. Brand new. Feels like new. Sensors that stop. Yeah. Does it stop oh, the car boy. now? You know what? Probably that, not. Yeah, are the autopilot sensors yeah. better now? I took a nap on the way up here. Oh, you did. You <laughs> no, did. Okay. Yeah. He pulled over. No, no deer though. Right? No deer. No, okay. Nope. Good. Only little kids. So, Sean, Shane, what about you? I got nothing going on. God. I went down to no, you mountain biking. biking. You dude. weren't even here it's last great week. Great weather. I, yeah, I know. He had like a whole week off. That's why I, I went to Park City for lacrosse last weekend. This weekend, I mountain biked three times. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday it was awesome. Man, that's nice. cool. great weather. Man, it is so nice here. I cannot believe the nice weather. 
anything from you, John, or John, any from anything from the Johns. I'm retired. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> the doctor. We're going to call him the doctor. Yeah, the doctor. Oh, That's the good. Doctor. Dr. John. I don't have <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do that to There him. it is. Oh, my God. Seriously, another John. Unfortunately, I don't have a PhD. Mm. Wow. So it's an honorific. <laughs> oh. Small D doctor. That's right. We've made you a doctor tonight. Yeah, I was going to say, I'll appreciate it. <laughs> so I went to Good Company and saw the view from upstairs, yeah, which I didn't know it? anything about. Man, it was so good. Dang it, man. I'm bummed. I wanted to go see it, but it's we awesome. were so busy. I thought, uh, I don't know. I didn't think there was going to be much in it for me, but it was enthralling to just contrast how gay people are treated today with how they were treated in 1973. And people don't realize just kind of what exactly has changed in that time. So super good. That's a good I recommend. point, man. Because we watched uh, the Imitation Game this weekend. Mm, yeah, and about uh, Turing. Yeah, yeah, about yeah, Alan, Alan Turing. Turing. Yeah, yeah, and just like the end is just like so depressing. Like, oh my gosh, like they did that to him. Right. Yeah, and so good point. Like, super good point. Turing, he got like electroshocked until his brain didn't work. Is that right? No. It, oh my god. They said that they made him take medication. Oh. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Cause he got he got busted um, paying for sex, and yeah, they just put him through this horrible deal, and mm. it's just like, oh my gosh. But yeah, I mean, marked contrast to today in most places, right? Even though tried to get things like conversion therapy banned in Utah, mm. and, uh, I guess and Republicans, still, Republicans aren't ready that. for that. Yeah, yeah, they're not ready right. for that. I guess. <laughs> hey, baby steps, soon. baby Too steps, soon, Kobe, right? baby Ridiculous, steps. Man. Still a chance. <laughs> Ridiculous, man. I think, uh, I think it passes next year. I think so, it passes. jumping right into it, um, <clears throat> like we talked about at the top of the show, the race for governor in 2020 is underway. Uh, but there's still lots of questions about who's in and who's out. Current Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox is the only official candidate, and he's widely considered the frontrunner at this point. This is all um, thanks to Channel 4 here. Um, Representative Rob Bishop is one of the names being talked about. Our very own. Very own. CD1. CD1's own. Uh, you say that with such enthusiasm. Oh, what is that? Oh, I hate it so much. Uh, if I and, and uh, a quote from Rob Bishop: If I actually thought that I had something to offer, a unique way, a new approach to what is going on, yeah, it would, and that would have to be in the back of my mind," said Bishop when asked about uh, his position of interest for the governorship. Jeez, what, oh. what does he bring to the table? Yeah, like I wish he would have asked himself what he had to offer before he ran for Congress. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> maybe he, maybe we're looking at this all wrong. Maybe it was like, you know what? Maybe I don't have anything. You know, maybe he's <laughs> yeah. asking himself. That, maybe that was right? a really That's honest what? answer. <laughs> like like every six years, he comes around and goes, and the the round of base closures comes out, and he speaks out, and everybody goes, "Oh, thanks, Rob, for saving the base." Like I even had a shot at getting closed down. Yeah, right. You know, like, and everybody's on, like, man. "Oh, he saved the base." That's yeah, why he's he here. Saved the base. Mm -hmm. But doesn't he? But he doesn't say a word about any of the other federal agencies that are here, right? I mean, I, I mean, I don't hear him say a whole lot. Like, what else is here? You've got the the IRS. Yeah, yeah. the IRS is the, probably uh, the biggest part employer of the, in his congressional district. He's well, part of the reason the Weber Basin Job Corps is going private sector. Mm. Which well, I got a few friends that work service, up there that are losing they're, their they're job. Okay, Forest yeah, Service, sure. GSA. Yeah, like he doesn't do anything but. So, I, you know, when, yeah. when when we're thinking about like what could Rob Bishop bring to the governor's office, the thing that I'm thinking of is like, well, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Rob Bishop has been in Congress for almost 20 years. Yeah, 15, 17. Like I think he started, I think he got the job in 02. John, is that right? 
Sounds about right. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So we were getting out of high school about that time. Oh uh, four for me. Yeah. But, but yeah, <laughs> I think he wants the Secretary of the Interior. So I mean, they mm. threw they threw his name out for that gig too, right? And he didn't get it. I mean, he would love that. Yeah, he would love to sell all of our public public oh, lands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so to me, I think that that's for for party insider folks. They might they might think, oh well, maybe Rob Bishop would be a good candidate because he knows a lot of people in D.C. And so if he becomes the governor, you know, we can continue to blah 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 blah. But I mean, that's that's like the the Republican machine in Utah. I mean, if you look at support for Rob Bishop outside of that, I, mean, I don't think it's there. I mean, you're going to get, you know, maybe like the token conservative vote, but like really it feels like all of the grassroots support is with Spencer Cox right now. I just saw that he reported uh, he raised a quarter million dollars last month. Hmm. You know what I mean? And like, and they're saying, oh, it's all grassroots. It's like, yeah, right, bro. Like, I'm sure you got a lot of small yeah. dollar donations, but like if we looked at the average gift and from whence they came, yeah, bro. I don't think that uh, I don't think that it's going to be a very small average. And Cox yeah. is the younger, more. Um, he's almost like was polished by the governor to kind of hand this over to him, right? Was it Spencer Cox. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's already been endorsed by Herbert. Right. Oh, is that right? right. Yeah. I didn't uh-huh. hear that. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, so I'm going through, I I looked it up on Wikipedia, and let me just go through this list of potential candidates, and maybe everyone tell me if you would prefer this person or Rob Bishop. Let's Ooh, play that game. <laughs> this is a good game. Oh, right. This is a good let's game. Okay, it. here we go. So here let's go. start with Senator Mike Lee. No! Mike Lee or Rob no. Bishop? What do you vote? No. Oh, man. Wait, what? Uh, this is like Sophie's choice. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Just shoot both of my kids at that point. Oh, man. Oh. No, uh, I, I think you I go can't. with Bishop at that point. At that point, Bishop mm. over Lee. Bishop pro- over Lee. Yeah, you got to go Ooh. Bishop over Lee. You know what Ooh. you're getting with Bishop. You, yeah. you know, Mike Lee is going to give you the, I'm not voting for this because some dumb reason over here. Like, okay, <laughs> yeah. I'm a maverick. Nin- yeah, Mike 1906, Lee. there was a law that came out. So this is why I'm voting this right. way. Oh That's, what, right. That's Mike Lee. Nobody and no proposal is conservative <laughs> enough for Mike Lee. No. All right, let's. That's how terrible. about, how about. Greg Hughes, former Speaker of the House. No. Oh, man, this sucks. <laughs> Why hard, are you right? playing this yeah, game? This These are the potential <laughs> candidates. It's oh. not my fault. <laughs> this is your fault for living in Utah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's see. Is Let's see. Uh, John Huntsman Jr. Yeah, I'll take I'll take John Huntsman Jr. over Absolutely. Rob Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's not even a, a, what a about, hesitation in that one. Yeah. Gail Miller, owner of the Jets. Ooh. I, did, that's she, a good... I, like, Okay, I've, I've worked for Gail a lot. Been a, yeah. Her family's paid my mortgage for five years or so. Yeah, I mean, give us that dirt. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, here we go. Tell, she, tell she's us a good up. lady, man. Tell us she's, sweat, she's a really good lady. Sweatshop conditions that you're really oh, working in. Well, for instance, we, we were doing a job at her house, and we're outside in our trucks waiting until 8 o'clock, and she comes out and says, what do you guys wait out here every morning? She's like, well, we just didn't want to wake you up. And she goes, oh, come on. I've I'm up at six o'clock. She had coffee for it. She doesn't drink coffee. Yeah, of course. Nice. She was making, I mean, she's a good person. I like that. Yeah, I feel like Gail Miller is Utah's mom. You know, like when the when the, the racist- Oh, she should run. Is she the racist really comments came from the, the guy at the jazz game, and then like Gail Miller had to go center court at the arena and like tell everybody to like cool it off. Like it, that like crystallized for me. Like, yeah, Gail Miller is Utah's Think mom. Think about this. And then the lieutenant governor could be the, the, the jazz bear. <laughs> no, dude, Joe Ingles. He doesn't. He doesn't. Joe Ingles, dude, come on, yeah, come on. You don't Joe remember Ingles. that? There's a new jazz bear now. There is. It's oh, not the same yeah. guy. After it's that, not the same after guy. the incident, we won't talk about that. Move on, John. What else? All got? right. 
Uh, how about last one? Josh Romney. A Romney. Who? Real estate he's, he's developer. Be Provo, right? Son of Mitt Romney. Yeah, he's Mitt the Romney. actual son of Mitt Josh Romney. Josh Romney. So <laughs> yeah. he is. Does what, he really live here? What's the company he works for? No, I, huh? his signs are everywhere. What's I, the I don't name know. Of the company Just says for? real estate developer. I don't All right. know, man. I mean, I guess because I feel like a younger a younger candidate could be more open to you know more progressive ideas. You may get some flex there. That's why I think Cox is more favorable than say somebody like I don't know, like Cox e- over e- Bishop. Even yeah, over Bishop or like even Mike Lee. But it's I don't know, man. I feel like. Uh, this is the worst. This is the <laughs> worst is game the worst. I've ever played. That's what the game should be called. No, this is the worst. I think we found our new segment. I like it. This is the worst. The literal worst game I've ever played. <laughs> well, while we're at it, let's talk about the Democratic candidates. It says potential Peter Caroon. I know Peter. He's, he's a good guy. He's not going to run. I don't think he'll he's run. Well, no, I think he might run. He already did. Yeah. And I voted for him. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to get somebody to run for governor who's never run for anything before... You're going to be, I, I think you might be in trouble. How about Jim Matheson? He retired from the House. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I could see Jim Matheson running. Yeah. Uh, that'd so be good. I'd, that'd be a good candidate. Scott Matheson is Jim's father. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Yes. And, yeah. and former governor. Jim right? had Mia Love's seat, right? Right. Mia Love got Jim's seat. Well, and it was exactly. a different. Yeah. He <laughs> yeah. was there first. Right. right. And then right, they gerrymandered him. That's what I mean. They so. changed the district. Yeah. And then that's when he left. All right, last one is Paul Raleigh. That sounds like a no. Come on, call no. Governor cartoons. Come on, no, dude, not good enough. All right, well, that's That's, it. That that's that's the the shape of the Democratic, or I mean, the the governor's race right now. I did hear on UtahPolicy.com they said that uh, maybe Brian King would run, but then he was like, no, no, I would. Right, I was gonna say he's listed as declined on the Democratic side. And you'll all be relieved to hear that declined on the Republican no. side. No, Jason, Jason Chaffetz, Chaffetz. Yeah, not exactly. going to run. Thank so. you, thank I you. Say, I don't want to follow him around again. Stalk <laughs> <laughs> him. Like, boo this man. <laughs> I'm at Lucky Thirteen with my wife. We're all driving over there and honking, swearing at him. We so, oh. <laughs> you way to keep it classy, Shane. Yeah. <laughs> no. By the way, that reminds me. I saw Mitt Romney at the airport on Monday. Man, he went through security so fast. I was so jealous. It was awesome. Dang. You saw Mitt Romney? Mm-hmm. That's what it takes. Where was he headed? Also, oh, probably D.C. Huh? Oh, yeah. <sighs> yeah, you take a Monday flight to D.C., you'll see some politicians. That makes sense. All right, moving on. Oh, was there an action we wanted to get talk? So my, I, the action I put in the, in the rundown was this. It's clear that there are a lot of Republican names, not a lot of very firm Democratic names. Yeah. Right. So this weekend is the... UDP state convention, which we'll talk about, and I think that you- It's a great place to go recruit a good- No, no, no. Like They're going to elect a new chair. As soon as that new chair is elected, or potentially Daisy Thomas could retain her chair, Shane Force or maybe whoever yeah. wins the chair's job, you should be on them on Monday morning to say, what are you doing about recruiting candidates for 2020? Like, get on it. Like, do not wait go. until February, because that's just dumb. Get on it now. Get out there and start talking to people. Well, and I think we'll have a good idea of, you know, if Matheson's running, we might be seeing him at the convention. We might we might come back next week with a good idea of who really might be running on the Democratic side. Yeah. Which, we're all going, right? We're all going on Saturday? Yeah, are we all there. delegates or something? Is that what's going to happen? I don't know did how you, that Did works. you sign up in Davis County? 
I'm not sure. No, I, that's no. a no. No, I didn't. Oh. Is it too late? I, I'm assuming it's too I'm late. I'm on the rules committee. I can find out for you. <laughs> <laughs> or he'll change the rules. Oh, no, that's no, even better. I, I bet it's not. I think you can get added to that list like day of. Yeah. So we'll work out it. We'll work it out. Oh, look at that. John and I are delegates no, no, for no. sure, though. We can't do it No, no, no. John, Contact the party, like, no, man. No, yeah. Hell no. Talk Contact to Stro, party. Stro, Stro to Karis guy. John, he's, you know where they are right now? They're playing laser tag at Laser Zone. Mm. Just kidding. That's your guys' party. Weaver County went to Davis County to play laser tag. Always. Oh, should I not have said that? <gasps> I'm disappointed in them. <laughs> uh, anyway. No, way to support local business. Hey, yeah. <laughs> no, he always so, sneaks lasers on him every yeah, I've got to. <laughs> I've got to. Shameless plug, Dan. <laughs> what is this? How he's getting Weaver oh, County out there. Oh, are, Who do you think is paying for this podcast? Oh, where are they? They're at Laser Zone. Oh, are they not? Oh, I guess oh, not. Uh, my mistake. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. <laughs> I thought they were. They uh, should be. All right. I mean, <laughs> let's uh let's bring John in. John, let's talk about the Silito. Silito. Say it. Dr. John. Just John. John Silito. Oh, yeah. That's what I tell my students. Just John. <laughs> just right. John? You used no, to so, tell my so students. So where where can you uh explain a little bit where, where you where you teach? I used to teach at Weber State. Go Wildcats. I'm yeah, go Wildcats. Always. Great, great, great. Yep, yep. There you go. And you were uh you were a professor of? I started out as the curator of special collections in the library, and I took early retirement. Then I taught half-time in the history department, but my degrees are all in history. Well, and then I saw you on a YouTube video. It was <laughs> On it, a YouTube? It, well, it was like a show that somebody had put together, I think, about, I don't remember if it, was it about socialism yeah. in Weber County? In Weber County, yeah. Yeah, that was that was really good. I like yeah. that a lot. Yeah, right. And and you recently had uh, a Funk and Dive, the lecture well, series, the lecture series at Funk and Dive, Hearth and Hound, Hearth and oh, Hound. Hearth and oh, Hound. they put you upstairs. Hearth and Hound. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So talk a little bit about that. Was that? Uh, what did you talk about there? Well, I talked about socialism, and uh, one of the things I said there was that you know we're hearing a lot of talk about socialism now. Yeah. yeah. You know, Marx predicted that capitalism was doomed. And he said it'll burst asunder. Well, it hasn't quite worked out that way. No, it has not. <laughs> you know, and yet we're still talking about socialism. Um, for people my age, much older than you, uh, we're influenced by the Soviet Union experience and people in trench coats and spies and all kinds of that. Uh -huh. But for younger people, I think socialism is something that uh, has some appeal. They they don't see it through the same. Uh, hang with the same hangouts we had, mm -hmm. and people say to me, you know, well, you got to stand up for capitalism. I said, well, really, what capitalism are you going to stand up for? <laughs> capitalism that used to employ little kids, right? The capitalism that made working people work sixty hours a week, um, six days a week. The capitalism that uh, uh, when you got injured threw you out. I mean, that capitalism. Huh. People say to me, well, I don't want the government telling me what to do. Well, really. I've got in my wallet a Medicare card and a Social Security card. If you have one, too, and you don't want the government to tell them what you do, do like we did in the 60s and burn them. Send them back. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants uh, what they want, but they don't want the, what, what they don't want. Mm. And to use that term socialism right now is a very interesting thing because for many people it is an extreme negative. Mm -hmm. And it means government control of everything. Um, the 
perhaps the best known, obviously, socialist now is Bernie Sanders. And even Bernie Sanders says, I don't believe in government ownership of the means of production. If you are really a socialist, you believe in ownership of the means of production, collective ownership and democratic management of the basics of society. And there isn't a major party candidate on either party advocating that. Right. Now, I can give you some third party candidates <laughs> who claim to be socialists and who believe in that. Uh-huh. And what's in a name? You know, I'll give you three names. Russell Nelson, Jimmy Swaggart, and the Pope. All three of them say they're Christians. Mm-hmm. Well, are they? Who's the most Christian of the three? Two of the three don't believe the other one is. Right. I mean, what is in a word? What's in a word is the way we interpret that word. And uh, I think the other thing about socialism, socialists have struggled with this very key question. Is socialism a transition to something else mm. or is socialism a destination? Mm. Marx believed it was a transition to something else. Most American socialists believed it was a destination to be arrived at. Socialist Party of the United States, created around 1900, uh, was a significant political force for many years. Uh, Had a vast press, uh, hundreds of newspapers, and one had subscribers, nearly a million subscribers. Elected people to office influenced the reforms and reformers of the day, the Socialist Party was, in many ways, a player in the early part of the 20th century. Again, it is the Russian Revolution that comes along that casts that in a different light. And the 1920s is a, is a tough period of time for, for people who claim to be socialists. Mm. In that period of time, the Socialist Party was the main socialist organization. And the socialists believed in, a, in this, this destination but they also believed that between capitalism and this destination, there was the importance of what they called their immediate demands. Um, uh, unemployment insurance, uh, fair labor, mm-hmm. uh, minimum wage laws, all kinds of things. But they didn't see that as socialism. They said socialism is when you get over here, government owner, or collective ownership of the means of production. Not always government ownership. In fact, rarely would they advocate government. In fact, they mistrusted government in the early part of the 20th century because they believed government was an extension of capitalism. And so the Socialist Party came along and it posited something very different and for a period of time was somewhat successful. A lot of people whose names you would know were socialists back in the day. Helen Keller, maybe a name you've heard of, Walter Lippmann, Jack London. These are people that believed in that socialist analysis, that socialism was a was a um, um, destination, not a transition. Hmm. Um, Socialist Party was strong in Utah. Over 100 people between 1900 and 1920 elected to various offices in Utah who said, elect me and I'll overthrow capitalism. Hmm. Well, they were elected. They couldn't overthrow capitalism, and they didn't. And they became reformers, not not radicals. Hmm. But they ran saying there's something inherently wrong with the capitalist system. My friend John McCormick and I have studied socialism forever and have written, uh, published on it. And it's a very interesting party in Utah. People elected um, pretty much like the National Party in a lot of ways. Conservative wing, left wing, close to organized labor, um, farmers, that sort of thing. There's one difference in the Utah Socialist Party you don't find around the country. 42% of socialists in the heyday of, of American socialism, 1900 and 1920. We're, we're members of, of the LDS Church. 
Many were very active members. That makes sense. Yeah. Right? I mean, because yeah, it's a very a lot socialist of, organization. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. a lot of religions are, right? Like, you take care of people. Everybody as a community will take care of everyone else. Yeah. yeah but, but I mean, this church in particular, though, because of, you know, things like the United Order, that kind of stuff, like, you know, the LDS church aspires to this kind of socialist utopia. And then, so when they move to Utah, they try and implement it, it falls apart. Then along comes, you know, this other movement in American politics, and a lot of people can get there more readily because they had lived, yeah. you know, the United Order in, in Utah. So it feels comfortable to them. Uh, McCormick and I call these people the socialist saints. And as we like to say, when you find people like Joseph Smith Jessup and Wilford Woodruff Freckleton and Parley Pratt Washburn, you know these people are not Presbyterians. No, you do not. They're coming out of Mormon context. What I've said, our politics our socialism, our religion is Mormonism. Hmm. Well, that all changed. That all changed after the Russian Revolution and, and in the 1930s. But the Socialist Party actively was involved in Utah. It's been a long time since it really played a major role, but for a period of time it was. And it was actively involved here in, Utah, in uh, Weber County as well, running people for office, columns in the Morning Examiner every week, socialist columns. Um, building locals of both the Socialist Party and another group called the Socialist Labor Party. And you had people who, who spent their whole lives in Weber County um, advocating socialism. Now, many of those people uh, moved away from socialism when Roosevelt was elected because what Roosevelt did was he implemented those immediate demands. He didn't implement socialism, but he gave those immediate demands, unemployment insurance, workman's compensation, minimum wage, uh, he advocated those. And when, when Bernie says he wants to finish Roosevelt's program, I'm in sympathy with that. But socialists in the 1930s in Weaver County would have railed on him for not wanting to go to the logical extreme. Right. Let me just take a minute and tell you a little bit about Weaver County's radicalism. It's got a long history of it. It goes all the way back to the early part of the 20th century. Uh, at one time, they ran what they called labor parties. Why would you vote for your boss? Vote for a fellow worker. Uh -huh. and But they also supported the Socialist um, Party uh, here as well. And as I say, they contested in lots of elections. They organized. They had support of organized labor. And they were very successful at the, at the ballot box. Let me give you some statistics, not to bore you with statistics, but in the election of 1920, when socialism is really hitting its high point, when the Socialist Party's candidate... Eugene Debs campaigns from a jail cell yeah. because he'd been convicted of, of violating the Espionage Act. Got a million votes. Here in Utah, or here in Weber County, while the Republican Harding defeated the Democrat Cox overwhelmingly, a local radical from Salt Lake named Parley P. Christensen, nominee of the Farmer Labor Party, received 9.43% of the vote in uh, Weber County, the largest vote for for Christensen and this radical candidate in the state of Utah. Why? Because he had the support primarily of, of labor, particularly the railroad unions. Mm. 1924, Republicans, Democrats, and there's a third party, a guy named Robert LaFollette, who's a progressive, former Republican, runs as a third party progressive. 
When the votes are counted, Coolidge, the Republican, carries Weber County 43% of the vote. The Democrat gets 23%. And LaFollette, this third-party progressive candidate here in Weber, polls 33% of the vote in Weber County. The Democrats are the second party in Weber County. By 1928, the Republicans will continue to to, uh, dominate here in Weber County. And then in 1929, we have something called the Great Depression. Yeah. And that changes things dramatically. And the socialists say, aha, been telling you this for 40 years. <laughs> Capitalism Here we are. Right? Capitalism is going to burst asunder. Here we are. And in the election of 1932, while Roosevelt carries um, Weber County with 56% of the vote, wow. Hoover hey. less than 40, the socialist candidate gets nearly 5% of the vote in Weber County. People, even with the alternative Franklin Roosevelt, say, fine, I'm not going to vote for him because he's going to not take me to that destination. I'm going to vote for the socialist candidate, even in Weber County, the Communist Party's candidate. Hmm. 1932. By 1936, it's a whole different story. Roosevelt received 77% of the vote president in Weber County. Pretty commanding. Socialists, communists, etc. are just also rands. Hmm. So sometimes um, I, I quote uh, Utah Phillips, the folk singer, who quotes somebody else and says, the most radical thing in the world is the long memory. And that's the thing we don't have. We think the way things are now are the way things have always been. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Bernie is trying to say. He's not saying, if you elect me, I'm going to give you the Soviet Union. He's going to say, I'm going to take that welfare state, social democracy, whatever term you want to call it, and take it to its logical conclusion. Um, free college, Medicare for all. People say, how would you get all those people on Medicare? Every year, a new group of people goes on Medicare. Right. And a new group of people goes off Medicare. Right. It right. works just like that. Same with Social Security. It could happen. But one wonders if that antipathy to the word is going to be stronger than the possibility of... of well, were they called... I mean, when the New Deal came out, was it called socialism? Oh, the Republicans said uh, it was it was socialism. The socialists said, no, it's not. The Republicans said, yes, it is. Right. <laughs> Roosevelt proposes Social Security. Republicans say, that's socialism. Socialist Party said, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. Now here we are. When Medicare came 50 years ago, the Republican Party said, oh, no, that will destroy your initiative. That's socialism. No, it isn't. And here we are 50 years later. So is it a surprise that the Republicans criticize the term socialism? Not to me. Mm-hmm. But when you have Democrats who say, I don't know about this term, right? then I think you need to think that through. You say, well, you you got to stand up for capitalism. Well, huh. Show me the capitalism you want me to stand up for. Maybe. Right. Well, I need capitalism with a dose of socialism in it. And I feel like that's what young people feel like now. If you were to ask them what socialism was, they would say, well, it's helping out poor people. It's raising the minimum wage. It's giving them health care. And I mean, I don't know if that technically... They are socialist policies, I suppose, but socialistic, I would say. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah great. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's not going to be easy. You know, people say, well, we're going to pay off student debts. Well, people that have paid their student debts off say, well, wait a minute. Huh. I busted my butt for 15 years to pay it off. Now you're going to find somebody and pay off their debt. You're going to allow somebody free tuition. I struggled to pay tuition. So it's not going to be an easy transition. Mm-hmm. It, I think socialists say, look, here's what we want. 
We want an egalitarian society. We want a society where everybody has the same opportunity to succeed. And we don't want the government to build it. We want to do that ourselves. We want to build it from the ground up. And when you look at every social movement, including the New Deal, it came from the ground up. Mm. Abolitionism, populism, gay rights, feminism, all came from the ground up, not from the top down. And so whatever the Democrats do in 2020, and Lord only knows what that might be, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I think some of these ideas, I think Bernie Sanders has pushed the debate to the left, mm-hmm. whether, he's, whether he'll be positioned to be elected or, or nominated and elected, who knows? And if he is nominated, will the Republicans run against him as if he's Joseph Stalin? Yeah, oh, you they, bet will. they will. They oh, will. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But the, I mean, Trump tried to take a page out of Sanders' book in sixteen, you know, and took a lot of the policies that yeah. that Sanders espoused in the primary and said, "Oh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to I'm going to give right. you better health care that's cheaper." Blah, all these uh-huh. things, right? And then he turned around and didn't do them. And so that's why I think that, you know, especially in the Rust Belt, like people are primed and ready for those kinds of populist economics and policies. And that, I mean, Trump is going to say things, but this time people won't believe him. And that as long as the Democrats nominate somebody who is going to espouse those policies again as the, the, the party's nominee, they're going to crush Trump in the Rust Belt. I mean, Sanders got, I mean, what, what was the vote, John, in 16 in the primary oh, between Sanders and Clinton? In Weber? It was, yeah, in Sanders Weber was like 80%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. I, mean, I volunteered that night, and it was crazy. And yeah. that the vast yeah. majority of folks were voting Sanders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's sort of like a, a bit of a revival, John, in a way of what you've talked about here, where it's like folks are looking for that kind so, of thing in Weber County. So quick question. Sure. All right. I was watching, I'm going to kind of go... I was watching Clue the other day. Oh, classic. classic <laughs> yes. Tim Curry is the uh, man. Tim Curry is the man. Uh, it's set in the 40s, and they're talking about blackmail, and, and he he does his thing where his wife, his wife, was, a, no, his wife was oh. a socialist, oh, yeah, and that's yeah. why he was getting blackmailed. But uh, it, was such a, it was such a bad thing, right, in the, in the 40s. But um, so where we're here now, do the Democrats then should they be embracing this term or, or 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 do they rebrand the term or like what what's the what's the answer there like how do we move forward with this and roll with it? Well, that's a great question. If I knew the answer, I'd be on Meet the Press. Okay? <laughs> yes. uh, I don't know. In your opinion. In my opinion, uh, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know how you rebrand it in a way. On the other hand, what you said just a minute ago, younger people do not see uh, this through the same lens that that older people do. So do they Mm -hmm. even have to rebrand it then? Well, I don't know. Uh, Like I say, what is it? It is what people say it is. If you want to say this is what it is and people agree, okay. Sometimes people say, why don't you just call it uh, social democracy like they have in Scandinavia? That may be a way to, to do it. Um, I'm curious if you think there is, is there more of a trust or affinity for the wealthy class these days than there was, say, 50, 60 years ago? Or is that just my perception of looking around me? Do you think we trust them now? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I think I think people, sort of like Colby was saying, they're more on board with the socialist policy if it's a rich guy telling them we're going to do it in right. a way, you know? Right. Oh, I see. Well, let me tell you a story about one of my favorite Democrats, Ted Wilson. Ted told me one time that West Valley is full of people who look up on the East Bench 
and vote Republican because they think someday they're going to live up there. Yeah. <laughs> and people oh, have man. been voting against uh, their self-interest yeah. for a long, long time. Yeah. And people are, are told that, that to be wealthy is a good thing. Well, maybe so. I mean, I, I wouldn't know. Uh, but there's nothing in and of itself bad about that. Okay, let's accept that. The nature of, of economic inequality in America hasn't changed in 100 years. Despite all of the socialism, welfare state, Roosevelt, whatever you want to call it, it's still 10% of the economy. And within that 10%, 1% that own 90% of the wealth. That's not new? No, that's not new at all. I mean, you see those the wage gap growing yeah. like starting in the 80s and it's they say it's what? getting a lot bigger. Yeah. But but yeah. well, I guess I guess you're talking like depression time there was obviously a giant. I'm saying to you at any juncture in American history, 10% whether it was in the teens, the 20s, the depression, post-war or today, 10% is own 90% of the wealth. Mm. And the socialists criticized that and they said because they don't only own 10% of the wealth, they are uh, uh, 90% of the wealth. They own 90% of the political power. Mm -hmm. And they said, you got to break that up yeah. because people will do what's mostly in their economic best interest. Right. You know, if you're, if you're rational, yeah. If economic, you're rational. If, if people say, economics says, if people are making rational decisions, they'll vote their paycheck, right? <laughs> but like John just said, West Valley, people are not voting their paycheck because right. they think one day they're going to live on the East With Valley. With the income inequality, the reason I think I'm leaning more towards socialism is in the 80s, I think I've said this a few times, uh, minimum wage puts you out of poverty. Now 65% of jobs put you in poverty in the United States. Yeah. Um, and we're not getting raises, right? We gave the 30% um, tax cut to the rich, and that didn't come back down to us, right? So they got a 30% bonus. Right there in the eighties. Yep. Right. Now they get another what seven, ten percent, whatever Trump gave them. I feel like the middle class, the lower income people, they need free education for their kids. They need health care for their kids. Now, I don't know where we're going to be if we don't get it in the next twenty years, because our wages aren't going to go up. Oh. I mean, things are going to get. I mean, but I don't those know how are, bad it's going to get. I think those are historically the things that would precipitate change among the populace but that doesn't seem to work anymore so do you think um just being a historian do you think that we're go we're headed towards a second gilded age then is that because based off of what he's saying is like um where the workers were just shit on really mm -hmm. uh well, at, at what point do you quit working at yeah. what point are you just saying i'm poor if i go to work People, I'm poor if I don't go to work. People are right. now defending companies' rights to send jobs overseas. Right. Like, right. it's insane. They don't value their own work. Well, I think we're in a second Gilded Age, and yeah. I think it began back in the 80s, and it, it went through into the 90s as well. Reagan, mm -hmm. bro. Uh, and, uh, and others. Clinton. Yeah. Clinton, yeah. You know, Trump came along and said to old folks like me, I won't mess with your Medicare and Social Security. It's true. And a lot of union workers in the Rust Belt said, oh, okay, I'm going to vote for it because mm -hmm. he's going to bring our job back. Really? Didn't happen. And now he's mucking around with Medicare and Social Security. Yeah. He took some of Bernie's um, rhetoric, yeah, rhetoric. So I'll do the same thing, but but he hasn't done it. I mean, it. he gave the tax cut. Now we're more in debt. So how do they fix that? They have to cut 
Medicare and Social Security. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Right. So what I've been telling people is, I mean, because there are a lot of folks, especially on Twitter, that will go out and defend the tax cut and say, well, did you get money back? Then it was a tax cut, Colby. Like, you need to knock it off. It's like, (laughs) yeah, "Yeah, sure. Uh, Yeah, I may have gotten, you know, $800 or whatever I ended up with on my tax return. But guess what? We added $1.5 trillion to the debt. So all the money that you just gave me is not really my money. It's Chinese money, and I'm paying interest on it right now. 2% of that money Uh. came to the 70% or lower. Yeah. So yeah. there you go. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like you got crumbs, and that's 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 the you know the thing that we've tried to communicate to folks is the fact that like yeah sure you may have gotten a little bit of money, but like you got crumbs compared to what other people got, and you're paying interest on and, the crumbs. And yep. here's the biggest deal plus what you gave every them. single person in America is working. Okay, right? Low unemployment rate, and we're 1.2 trillion in debt this year. If we can't pay bills when everybody's working. We're never going to be able to pay Mm. bills. Well, and people say, well, look what Trump's done for the economy. Look at all the good things he's done. Uh, Employment, unemployment's down. Okay. Okay. Get in an Uber. Okay. Uh, Right. Take an Uber. You ever found an Uber driver that's just an Uber driver? No. No. They're working two jobs. Most Americans are working two jobs. How does that count in unemployment? Here's a crazy thing. How does that count? I don't know. Are they looking for jobs? Well, they seem to have two. Everybody's working, but nobody's making money. Right. Um, yeah. So this is why I, I, you know, this is why I'm with John on this second Gilded Age thing because I mean, if you look at the Gilded Age, the issue is that there are very few protections for workers, right? Like, like John talked about, you know, what what form of capitalism are we talking about? Like, you know, I'm a, I'm a business student, right? I I get it, but you know, if you look back to the Gilded Age, you know, th- the way that you made money was like, well, I don't have to, you know. I don't have to give you sick time off or I don't have to pay yeah. workman's comp or yeah. I can I can pay this kid pennies and get him in here and whatever, right? Like I can I can make you do the thing because you need my money. And I will do that, right? I will I don't have to invest in these protections for workers. And then like John says, the 1930s come around, Franklin Delano Roosevelt says, "No, man, like you have to you have to do right by these people." And and organized labor are the ones that makes, you know, those things happen. They push for those kinds of reforms. You know, it's like sort of grassroots yep. movement, right? Yep. But then what you see is the 80s, you know, tail on and you into the 90s and now, you know, into the late 2000s and later, workers' rights continue to go down, down, down. What happens? Like John said, you know, you used to, you know, you used to be able to work in a taxi and, you know, you worked in a union and there were all these protections. Well, no, no, innovation. Now you have Uber. So all these guys are basically doing your job. But, you know, they can do it cheaper. And so, you know, people will say, oh, well, that's good. That's that's the market, you know, In innovating. Hand. And so that this is a good thing. It's like, no, it's not. Because all you're doing is saying, okay, we're going to deregulate this thing. And uh, now that guy's going to make far less money. And, you know, it still costs, you know, maybe a little bit cheaper than right, taking a taxi, but not a ton. You know, like, be honest, guys. Like, if you're taking an Uber at peak time, is it cheaper than taking a taxi? Absolutely not. And all, all you're doing is you're shifting that dollar away from the taxi driver who is a part of, you know, this system. You're shifting that over to a guy, you know, that is just driving his car and he's making a little bit of that money. But the vast majority of that money is going where? Somewhere else. Yeah. And so is it really innovation? Is it? No. The gig economy is a farce yeah. and it is not good for working people. Part of my family comes from Carbon County where they were coal miners. Yeah. Mm. And they all said the same thing. I just want to get out of the mines. But they said, we got to have unions to, to take care of us while we're still working in those mines. What are we interested in? Hours, wages, and working conditions. And the other thing, the fourth thing for, for my family in Carbon County, when they were joining the UMW and other unions, death benefits. Because what happens if a big rock falls on you and die? 
yeah. in capitalism in 1910 in Carbon County. <laughs> nope. Tough. The answer yeah. is nothing. Tough. Yeah, you get nothing. Come get the body. Right. You're, you're yeah. gumming up the works here. Right. Get this crap out of here. But the union said, we'll take care of you here and in the world to come. And when Roosevelt comes in, unions go into the ascendancy. And the middle class that I assume all of us are part of comes as a result of the union movement of organized labor makes that middle class because they want it. Just like my family said, I'd much rather do something than mine coal. It's dangerous, dangerous work. And I don't want my kid to do it. Mm-hmm. Workers get that their, their slice of the middle class and they build a strong middle class. And then they get kind of conservative. They say, hmm. well, oh, okay. I got, <laughs> I got mine. My, I got my, yeah, I got my yeah, slice right. of the pie. Yeah, yeah. I got a house. I got a boat. I got a cabin. I, and they all this talk about. Oh, and I worked hard for it. Yeah. 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 Just and, like those people who don't, don't want to cancel anybody, student debt. I don't debt. want anybody else to get yeah. it. Yeah. And now um, I don't want to, yeah, yeah, yeah. They got to work just as hard as me. Yeah. They not all of them. Not all of them, obviously. But a lot of them. Right. Uh-huh. And along comes Donald Trump and he's, he reinforces that. Mm. You know, going to bring coal mining jobs back. It's not going to yeah. happen. Yeah, it's not going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. So, Why would you want to? So earlier, when you, when you were talking about owning, you know, sort of that word, that term socialism, you talked about, you know, should you reframe or should you just own it? To me, you know, when, when we were talking about that, the thing that came to my mind was, well, it depends on who shows up to vote mm-hmm. because it's clear that millennials are fine. You know, the Economist did a whole issue on millennial socialism. They talked about, oh, millennials don't understand this, but they, you know, they kind of get this, you know, one of the big things it, with millennials is the fact that, you know, the triple bottom line, right? You guys know what the triple bottom line is? People, planet, profit, right? Mm. Companies should exist to, you know, obviously make money, take care of their people, and take care of the planet, right? You, th- that's the thing that you should do as a, as a responsible business. Mm-hmm. Millennials buy into that. And, and so that's why you see this this change in the market where all these companies, oh, yeah, we give our, you know, we give our money to this and, and you know, we're, we're a, a B Corp or whatever. Green, green. Right, yeah. Th- that, that's all an answer right. to market tastes from millennials so they want this like they're they're fine with that term but if millennials don't show up to vote and right. boomers show up to vote well they hate socialism they grew up in the red scare they they understand that right so if they're the ones that show up then no you don't want to own that term yeah so and, and right now millennials in 2020 will be the largest voting block in this country so if they don't show up then it it really depends on how you want to talk about it you know all your work of owning the term socialism won't matter because if millennials aren't voting and they stay home, yep. boomers are, you know, it's, it's going to backfire on you. Right. Because yeah. boomers are going to go vote for Trump and you know it, yeah. especially in Utah. You know it. The largest socialist organization in the United States today is called the Democratic Socialists of America. And it comes out of the 60s. It's mm-hmm. an organization b- builds a coalition and, and it's been very successful, uh, mostly because they've been tied with Bernie, although right now they're kind of mad at Bernie. Huh. But they posed that question. If so many people misunderstand socialism, why do you continue to use the word? And this is their answer. First, we call ourselves socialists because we are proud of what we are. Second, no matter what we call ourselves, conservatives will use it against us. Anti-socialism has been repeatedly used to attack reforms that shift power to working class people. And finally, they say, we call ourselves socialists to remind everyone that we have a vision of a better world. Hmm. An egalitarian society. Is it going to be easily achieved? No, not at all. But the, And there's going to be opposition to it? Yeah. But in some ways, maybe the thing to do is to own it. And I have friends say to me, Democrats nominate somebody who calls himself a socialist, you're guaranteeing Donald Trump mm-hmm. a second term. I can't imagine a more horrible <laughs> prospect. Th- prospect. Yeah, yeah. 
so I don't know. Right. Well, well, I, w- I was wondering when you were talking about uh, people who see socialism as a destination versus a transition. Yeah. Do the people who saw it as a transition ever try different words? I mean, did did they no. use socialistic or they just, I mean, they didn't care about the baggage or whatever, right? Most of them that saw it as a, um, a transition were Marxist communists mm. who believe strongly in the, in the Marxist-Leninist model. And, you know, the Communist Party was not as strong in, in America as the Socialist Party was, but it, it was here and it existed. And and when the when the corruption of the Soviet Union was exposed in the mid-50s, it destroyed that movement. And uh, a lot of honest, well-meaning uh, people who had uh, played major roles in civil rights and women's rights and elsewhere were absolutely devastated by that. And they had clung so hard to that label. Why has capitalism not been it, 2008, right? Uh, why have people not done the same thing? I, I don't. I don't know. I wish we had the answer. <laughs> capitalism to that. has good marketers. They have. They have good marketers. <laughs> yeah. And the but, yacht. I guess it's like the yachts and the idea that maybe you're going to yeah. get like the the big huge mansions, and I guess having all this wealth right well and they own the media well there's that part of it and the the irony lizard people (laughs) (laughs) and the irony was that people were saying to folks you got a part in capitalism because you got so much your money invested in your 401ks and stuff and all of a sudden it was gone Mm -hmm. yeah and yet people didn't really significantly question that here we are. Right. More questions well, than answers, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Is there any local events, uh, groups that we can join? That... Probably the, the best one is the Utah DSA. If mm. if you're so inclined to, to support those kind of politics, uh, I'm not a member of DSA, um, but you can find them on Facebook. I'm not a member of Facebook either. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> but you can find them one place, or, yeah, one place or another. Um, and it's an interesting group. It's very electoral. I'm sure they're making inroads within the local Democratic Party. They did nationally. You look at all the people that were elected last time, AOC and others, mm-hmm. members of DSA. Well, the acronyms here. I was going to say, cause I, because of those people, I've kind of had the impression that Democratic Socialism is kind of a new branding. But it's been around since the 60s. I, has it always been around to sort of be a socialism light kind of thing or to be a we're socialist not communist kind yeah, of thing uh, part of the problem was socialists got as conservative on some things as, as some other people did and really dsa comes because the socialist party was trying to make a socialist uh, pitch to support richard nixon oh i see and a younger socialist said what <laughs> we're out of here yeah we're and supported frankly the war in vietnam as did organized labor uh, a lot of things changed in that period of time, and we're still hmm. trying to figure that out. I got to look well, into that. I didn't know the socialists were yeah, supporting Nixon. I, I think yeah. we all have some homework. Look into the Gilded Age. Oh, I know uh, about Nixon. the Gilded Age, man. Well, <laughs> I know all about well, that. Because the second Gilded Age is going on now. Uh, but thank you, uh, Dr. Thank just you. John. John. Thank <laughs> you, John, uh, for coming out uh, and, and talking to us about socialism today. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. that was a – I, I, was, I was still paying attention to uh, – what was said on Clue, man? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's talk about, or let's go pinkies up 
Thumbs down. I have a pinkies up. I got one too. Who wants to go first? Go, Kobe. Yeah, okay. Uh, so as you all know, huge fan of baseball. And so uh, I went to, it was opening weekend this last weekend for the Raptors, Lindquist Field. Nice. If you weren't there, you missed out because it was fantastic. <laughs> I uh, saw the big dinosaur out front. Yeah, yeah. They had it out it there. Sweet. Took my children. It was amazing. Oh, is that what that, that was baseball? Ah, oh, I thought it was like an exhibit or something. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> <laughs> but so, uh, so I, I had heard, I, I was ready and excited because I went to Pro Image in Layton. I bought this uh, cool Raptors hat in Weber State colors. I was really pumped. But I had heard that they were also making the, the Raptors hats in the local high school colors. I talked to the guy at the store. He's like, no, we're not doing that. I was like, and Brett Hine at the Standard had reported it on Twitter. And I was like, man, where is this? So I go, and I don't know if you guys remember last year, some crazy guy set the merch booth on fire at Lindquist Field. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So, I mean, so they're still awesome. working on it. And so. Awesome. The, no, it wasn't awesome because <laughs> now all the merch is just like in the concourse. It's annoying. Yeah, no, he's like, fuck capitalism. That's what he was <laughs> yeah, doing. Yeah, I guess yeah. that's what he was doing. Yeah. <laughs> but so, so I'm walking past and I see like, oh, they have the hats in the local high school colors at the ballpark. Oh, I'm like, wow. dude, I got to get it. So I shout see. out to the Raptors. Oh. Pinky's up to those guys for doing the thing. Local high school colors on the Raptors logo. Yeah, and that's cool. Dude, it's cool. I got to get myself a Roy High hat. Bear How Bear many Ra- hats do you own, yeah, man? Bear River High hats. I yeah, do you've, got, you've got all this luscious hair. F you, Kobe, for wearing a hat <laughs> all the freaking time. I got I got a good Brewers hat, of course. I got that Ogden Raptors hat. got my uh, Flying W hat. Go Weber State. If you guys remember the game against Montana last season, oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I purposely went to that game so I could boo the rival, and we <laughs> crushed them in football. They sold the, uh, uh, the go so W basketball. Yep. Um, yep. Well, there's so, there's pinkies Kobe up to the Raptors. Up. What about you, Dan? My pinkies up is it's a pinky way up to the Foresters for uh, hosting us in the sweatbox. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> oh, you didn't expect that. No, I didn't. Thanks, uh, You put up, it's nice. It was like a little blanket for it. I feel like I'm in Yeah, uh, we're in like a pillow fort. Third grade, yeah. yeah. This is nice. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, when I was setting this up, I was like asking my daughter, I'm like, you want to come and help me set up a fort for me and my friends? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah, it's nice. Well, tell us what you think. Tell us what you think on Facebook and Instagram and all the other stuff because Kobe's going to post it. Yeah, tell us, tell us what right you now. think about the, uh, the audio from it. last episode, huh? Oh, right. don't don't yeah. do that. <laughs> right. Give us your feedback, friend. <laughs> yeah, actually, they do tell us because we need to be we need to be better. We need to be better. Yeah, well, well I posted. I mean, I posted in the uh, in the group. And I, I finally did the poll, and I don't think anybody voted on it. So. Oh, I did well, see the poll, and, I, and all vote, I wanted to vote, I wanted to comment. Oh my gosh, we have a poll. That yeah, was it. That, yeah. I wasn't going to do it. I didn't <laughs> vote. Oh, oh, so what's the poll this time? I couldn't comment. What's it, the it poll no this com- time? All right, what's the poll this time? Do you like the sweat box? <laughs> well, no, maybe we should, we should oh, decide no, a name. We should, no, no, no. About, uh, we should decide about, a name. Should it be the sweat box? Sweat box is great. Or or should it be? No debate. All right, no ACs coming. No, no, no. Or the blanket fort. Come on. Or the blanket fort. Blanket fort is cool too. <laughs> All right, that's a good poll. All right, that's the poll. That's what we'll do. Sweat box. All right, what's, uh, what's coming All right, up? Yeah, coming up, uh, town hall with Angel Castillo for Ogden Mayor. It's going to be held at the Good Company Theater, twenty four oh four Wall Avenue, seven thirty p.m. to nine thirty p.m. on Friday, June twenty first. Get out and see her. 
Um, that's this Friday. That it is. is. Yeah, that is this. Plus, go Friday. check out Good Company, man. They are good folks. They put Seriously. on great productions. Mm-hmm. We saw the children before this last one. Mm-hmm. Like everything I've been to there has been excellent. Yep. So go check it out. Hey, one thing you guys all have to do is like or follow Meg Sanders on Instagram or Facebook. Oh yes, because oh, yes. it is fire. It is awesome she to watch. She is like a, a it, it is so entertaining. Like, it's, yeah. Oh, you're like oh my god. That is so entertaining. Yeah, yes. I mean, Meg's, Meg's yep. running for city council in North Ogden. John and I get the privilege to vote for her up there. So, yeah, so uh, she'll probably yeah. be making some waves. Follow follow <laughs> Meg. I mean, we've had Meg on the show a couple times. Meg is great. Follow we got to get her back on here and yeah. talk about her uh, campaign. Yep. Also coming up, the Utah Democratic Party presents Power to the People. What is this? 2019 state organized. This guy knows how to bury a lead. I know, man. (laughs) I'm just reading off the. Yeah, great job. Just read it all now. Oh man. Saturday, June 22nd, 2019, Park City High School. We talked about this on the show already. State convention, and you're acting like. Well, I didn't see this flyer. This is kind of cool. Powers of the people. Saturday, Saturday, all day long. If you want a carpool, you could uh, comment on our Facebook. We'll find you right up yeah, there. If the you're not Weber a delegate yet, doing it. contact your your county party, and uh, they can they can probably still make you a delegate. John, you won't do that for them. No, oh, man. Dude, I is there can't. a bus? Is there a fun bus? <gasps> oh my god! Twenty five dollars. Drink we, tickets. Yeah. Steak. Sweat box. Ooh, good idea. And we take a fun bus up there. I'll drive. Can we do that? Yeah, I'll drive my it's truck. Like a, You'll a drive. Junction yeah. City uh, J- JC Peeps. All right. Right. Yeah. JC Peeps Fun Bus. All right. If you want in on that. You know that. what? We oh will. Oh, gosh. This sounds amazing. All right, John. We'll pick you up at 7, Dr. John. <laughs> okay. <right. laughs> is that AM or PM? Yeah. <laughs> it's AM, but <laughs> we're going to be two hours later. <laughs> Honk once, and if I don't come out, just go ahead. <laughs> yeah, drive on, man. Drive on. Oh, upcoming next week, Wednesday, Thursday of June 26th, 27th, the Weaver Dems will present the. <laughs> He's not, hosting. Leave it in. Leave he won't hosting. edit any of it. He Weaver, never listens this far. Weaver Dams are hosting a presidential watch party at Shadow no, Valley Elementary. Let me tell you guys. Presidential debate. There are two presidential debates next week. Yes. Each of them are going to have 10 candidates yes. who are vying for the Democratic nomination. And you can watch both of the debates with the Weaver Democrats at Shadow Valley Elementary. There, there you, you go. go. Yeah. 4911 South, 1500 East. 6.30 p.m. to 9 p.m. So that, is there a fun bus to get there? <laughs> <laughs> Man, a fun bus all day now, huh? Yeah. So the thing with the with the watch party is, so they sent out an email, uh, and they're saying that it's going to be outside. So if you have children, oh, yeah. they'll be able to go out and play on the playground. Oh, nice. um, my wife and I are going on Wednesday night because i got to work Thursdays. got to deliver pizza. i got two jobs. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's how it goes. Let but, me say, I, I'll make this a standing two, rule. Any event that we get 10 JC peeps to come to, I'll make a fun bus for it. Oh, that's a deal what? for you, our listeners. Respondez, s'il vous plaît. That's right. So they'll be yelling and cheering and stuff like that at this thing, right? I, yeah. I'm, I'm sure it'll get like, loud. Yeah. Can we yeah, bring signs? Can we bring signs? Bring yeah. signs. <gasps> make and, it and fun. Like big face I say dress up like your favorite of, Oh, my God. I'm going to do that. Is there going to be games during commercial breaks? If you bring the game. Yes, like halftime shows. Like water balloons. Yes. What? Yes. Water balloons? I don't want to play that oh, game. We're going to make this awesome. Shane. Yeah. Join us. Yeah, It'll be so, fun. So I'll be up there on Wednesday. Oh, I'm going to be in Kansas City. Oh. Party at Dan's house. <laughs> uh, but still, you should come and join us on the fun bus, all you JC peeps out there. So, 
if you want to get a hold of us, if you want to uh, leave a comment or question, or you want uh, somebody on the on the show, um, please shoot us an email at junctioncitypodcast at gmail You can get a hold of us on our Facebook page or Twitter page, Insta. It's all there, Junction City Podcast. Yeah, and rate us. Yeah, yeah, rate you- us. I mean, if if you want to rate us five stars, that's great. If you're gonna rate <laughs> anything below five stars. Um, I know you guys are all liberals. You don't have guns, so take a fork that you're eating with <laughs> and stab yourself in the eye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like we say every week, all politics is local. <laughs> that's like that's becoming a good tradition. Yeah, that's I like, like that. Like right? Shane's it goes thing. Here. If you don't, if you rate us less than five stars, I'm going to insult you. you. Do something <laughs> terrible. <laughs>